Good morning. Good morning. People of God, hope in the Lord. With the Lord there is steadfast love. My name is Cindy Schultz, and I'm happy to be your liturgist this morning. And I'm going to abuse my authority here. Um, I respectfully ask if I could get a couple of helpers to help bag up all that nice food up there after church. Just a couple and put it in my car would be greatly appreciated. In the name of our Creator, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Grace be to you and peace. Whether we are old or young, whether we are first-time or long-time worshipers, whether we come full of doubts or confidence, joy or sorrow, in this place we are all family because the Holy Spirit binds us together. For those who are here in person, please join us following the service for coffee, refreshments, and fellowship through these doors to my left. I'm Cindy Waddock is our hostess today, and I'm sure it's going to be very nice. I want to extend a special welcome to any visitors in our midst and to those joining us online. We are so glad you have chosen to worship with us today. We begin our worship by lighting the Christ candle. Whenever we do this, we remember Jesus' promise in the Gospel of Matthew that wherever two or more are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Now as we prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I would invite you to use the words in the bulletin as a centering prayer to help guide you into this time and space as we listen to the prelude. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we join together in the call to worship. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. We will praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. We will praise the Lord. For the Lord has done great things. We will praise the Lord. Let us worship God. Let us join our voices together as we sing hymn number 41, O Worship the King, verses 1, 2, 4, and 5.
us pray. Loving God, as we enter this place to worship you, may your Holy Spirit open our hearts and minds to experience your presence. Through our faith journeys, empower us to bear witness to your grace, mercy, and power. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, Jesus says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Let us confess the afflictions that separate us from God's love so that we can receive the care of the ultimate physician. Let us pray. God of love, we yearn to be as merciful with others as you are with us. We long to set aside past grudges and love others for who they are now. We are tired of sitting in judgment and failing to see others as your beloved children. Fill us with your grace that we might have enough faith to walk in your ways and seek the healing of your world. Amen. And hear us as we confess to you in the silence of our own hearts. Beloved, by the grace of God, our our faith faith has made made us well. In the grace of Christ, our faith has led us home. Through the grace of the Holy Spirit, our faith has made us whole. Thanks be to God. Congregation, by reaching out in faith, we touch the presence of God. May we feel this touch and this grace as we pass the peace of Christ today. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you.
That was amazing. <laughs> Is everybody awake? <laughs> Let us pray. By your word, O oh God, everything was made. Your word is powerful and can transform the hearts of men and women. Speak to us today, O oh God. Open our hearts and minds to your renovating word and give us guidance and strength. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our Psalter lesson this morning is Psalm 33, verses 1 through 12, the greatness and goodness of God. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to God with the harp of ten strings. Sing to God a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all God's work is done in faithfulness. God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all their host by the breath of God's mouth. God gathered the waters of the sea as in a bottle. God put the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of God. For Yahweh spoke, and it came to be. Yahweh commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. The Lord frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of God's heart to all generations. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom God has chosen as their heritage. Holy wisdom, holy word, thanks be to God. Let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit as we sing our morning psalm together, hymn number 175, Seek Ye First.
please be seated. From the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. Listen for the word of God. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and pleaded with him repeatedly, My little daughter, my little girl, is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now, there was a woman who had been suffering from a flow of blood for 12 years. She had endured much under physicians and had spent all that she had. But she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his cloak, I will be made well. Immediately, her flow of blood stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Now, immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched me? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you. How can you say, who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from Jairus' house to say, Your daughter, your little girl, is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to Jairus, do not be afraid. Only believe. He allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. When they came to Jairus' house, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? The little girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in to where the child was. And taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk about. She was 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and to give her something to eat. God, we thank you for your word, the story of your grace. I'm not used to having company up here. <laughs> just a touch. If I just touch his cloak. During my chaplaincy residency at Einstein Hospital in North Philadelphia, I was fortunate to spend a week-long rotation with the palliative care specialist. Palliative care deals mainly with pain management, especially with people who are nearing death. 
And it commonly works cooperatively with hospice, though it's brought in at any time during a patient's care. Each day I worked with Dr. Turner, I accompanied her on patient visits, which allowed me the opportunity to have conversations with patients and families who were dealing with the looming presence of death. The most powerful thing I noticed in my time with her had nothing to do with clinical science of medicine or how she expertly spoke with families about the choices that needed to be made. Rather, it was the way she touched every single patient. When I asked her about it, she explained that it had a twofold purpose. Practically, she would touch hands and feet and arms and legs of a patient as a way of checking their circulation. As a physician, she told me, there is a lot that can be gleaned from simply touching someone. But the second purpose was on an emotional and spiritual level. She was connecting with them in a way that was profound and meaningful. Her touch said, I am here. I am with you. She could have not said one word an entire visit and still have communicated a world. This is one of my absolute favorite stories in the whole of scripture. And I know that as a preacher, I'm not supposed to have favorites, but I do. We find Jesus coming face to face with the nonstop demand on his time and presence. There is an urgency and an anxiety in this story. A deep, deep yearning for Christ's healing power. It expertly layers the many different responses we have toward God in our world, from the cynical skeptic to the profoundly faithful. Mark weaves together two stories, one of a woman who has been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years, and the other of a 12-year-old girl near death's door. Before we move into the story, though, let's take a step back and center ourselves in the context of this chapter. As Jesus arrives on this side of the lake, he has just come from the land of the Gerizines, where he was confronted by a demon-possessed man, who he in turn heals. There's no indication of how long the boat trip takes. It could be an hour, it could be a day, it could be a few days. Either way, word has gone on ahead of him like a wildfire. And he is swept up in a deluge of people. All longing for a glimpse, just a glimpse of the teacher from Nazareth. They have heard so much about him. And we can picture the shouts for attention. Jesus, Jesus, over here. Hands reaching out for a handshake. Voices beckoning for Jesus. Lean your ear here. Jesus, look over here. And just as suddenly as the crowd appeared, and as loud as they are, they are silenced. And Jairus steps forward. He's a leader of the synagogue, the top of the town hierarchy. It's not hyperbole to say that he may be the most important man in the village. Yet this powerful man falls down before Jesus and makes a desperate plea. My daughter, my little girl is dying. Please come lay your hands on her. If you do that, I know that she will be healed and live. The entire town knows what's going on. 
with this girl. And so this is the most important request in the community. And it is laid right at Jesus' feet. They move quickly toward Jairus' house, the crowd pressing in on Jesus the entire way because it's Jesus and everybody wants a moment with him. And that's when the woman makes her move. We don't know anything about her other than her affliction. She suffers from a flow of blood, a constant hemorrhaging. Remember that in those days when a woman was menstruating, she was considered unclean, made to be separate from the community until she showed herself to the priest in the temple to be declared clean. But this isn't just a monthly occurrence for her. It has been 12 years of a constant flow of blood. She has been forcibly separated from the community, kept away from her family for 12 years. She goes to physicians, healers, herbalists, and so on, but she doesn't get better. In fact, she gets worse. So when she hears that Jesus has come to her town, the place where she has been relegated for the past 12 years to the invisible margins, she takes her chance. And it was a chance. Because we do her a disservice by downplaying just how risky this was. By even setting foot into the crowd, she was taking her life in her hands. She was considered unclean, and the punishment would have been death by stoning. But it's a risk she's willing to take. She's been suffering from this affliction, bleeding and cramping, alone on the outer limits of the village for 12 years. With only the other outcasts as company, if she was lucky. She has to trust that she can slip in, touch Jesus' cloak, and get out unseen, prayerfully healed. It's a no-brainer. Our story takes a divergence, though, when Jesus feels the power go out from him. And his attention becomes divided, and these two separate stories merge. Jairus' daughter is running out of time, but this woman, who has dared to touch him, separating our sounds. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay, because I'm going to If you need me, text me. Okay. I think that's what Jesus said, too. <laughs> So these two stories merge. Jairus' daughter is running out of time, but this woman who has dared to touch him, who believed strongly enough that a simple touch would heal her, has unwittingly been pushed into the spotlight. These two women both named daughters in the story, could not be more different. Jairus' daughter's affliction has captured the attention of an entire town. It almost seems like the whole community has turned out in support of this family, moving with Jesus on his way to Jairus' house. Everyone is rallying around this little girl and the hope for healing that Jesus provides. There have been bake sales to off, help offset the doctor's costs, prayer vigils, a GoFundMe set up by her aunt. And on the other side, we have this woman, an outcast. 
She has been all over seeking healing and answers. But in the absence of recovery, she remained relegated to living outside the community. It's a sad situation, but what can anyone do? After 12 years, as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive, she has likely been forgotten by most of the people living in the village. So here we have, on the one hand, the most important request of the community, and on the other, the least important. But Jesus takes that moment on which the entire story turns to see her, to name her daughter, little girl, and affirm her faithfulness. And what should be the last word when people come from Jairus' house to share that his daughter, his little girl, has died, ends up being a refusal by Jesus to allow the brokenness of the world to win. Do not be afraid. Only believe. And so this story becomes a circle of grace. Grace being that freely given love of God bestowed on us who have done nothing to earn it, Jesus ends up in this town seemingly by the movement of grace. He heals through a touch and gracefully blesses the daughter who touched him. He moves forward in grace, rejecting death's final word and raises another daughter back to life. It is a grace that confronts the stifling longing of our world Physical illness, mental illness, addiction, violence, greed, corruption. Like Jairus and the woman, we desperately long for healing. As a church, we are called to confront these ills, and we are equipped by the Spirit to do so. We work together using our resources to help those in need. Like this morning, as we dedicate this almost literal mountain of food for the feeding of those in our community. Like the Pentecost offering we collect and dedicate this morning for the building up of a new generation of the church. It can be easy to look at all of the ills of the world and be completely overwhelmed. There's a lot out there. And individually, we can each only do so much. But remember, Christ, even when he had his attention divided, was able to bring healing to all. And through Christ, we can work that healing too. It is through Christ, as a community, that our ability to reach out, touch, and heal multiplies and expands. It is through Christ, and if we are bold enough to act, that our hands bring healing as part of the circle of grace, a circle that will be unbroken, healing with a touch. Amen. Amen. Will you please join me in our response to the word as found in your bulletin? Sing a new song to God. Sing praise and joy. Rejoice in the Lord of love. Sing justice and righteousness. Sing a new song to God. Sing with praise and joy. Amen. 
At this time, I would like to invite Chandra Reese to come forward for our Minute for Ministry. This is a new thing we are going to be doing uh, once a month. Uh, one of our ministry teams will talk about what they are up to, what's going on, and if you hear something you're interested in, talk to them about joining. <laughs> so I feel like I've been set up. We have this glorious service all focused on the power of faith over deeds, and I'm here to try to sell you on the importance of weeding the flower beds. Um, that being said, in a nutshell, property committee, if you can see it and you can touch it, and it doesn't connect to the internet, it belongs to the property committee. And that ranges from the frisky spiders in the lounge that glorify and redecorating for us on a weekly basis, to the weeds out back, the peeling wallboard, and the ramp that out front that Megan discovered if you go down and out a scooter can shoot you out like a roller coaster almost all the way to the main road. Um, there are projects big and small, that need anything from absolutely no experience whatsoever to somebody who knows how to talk to contractors about rebuilding ramps. Um, it's a great opportunity if you want to learn how to maintain a physical space, because the church is not all that different from a home, to join the committee, participate in things like changing the light bulbs, rewiring an electric socket, um, Megan will tell you I'm always happy to teach you how to do something and work with you to figure it out. So if, you, uh, if you're interested, please see me afterwards. Um, and I'd like to say that, honestly, I feel like everybody here is in some regard an honorary member of the property committee because you drop your programs in the box after the service, and that helps. You throw your garbage in the garbage can, you wipe up a spill, you turn off the lights. All of those things that you do without thinking are helping to make this a space where we're not distracted by the physical and we can focus on the bigger questions of faith. So, thank you. Thank you, Chandra. I have a couple of things that uh, I would like to lift up. First, a big thank you uh, to everyone who braved uh, the wildfire and the smoke um, on Wednesday to come out to help for our first Brooks Barbecue fundraiser of the year. We had a great crew. It was a great day. Um, we didn't sell out, but we did raise about $2,500 for our church and mission efforts. Um, the weather conditions really kind of kept people away. Uh, all sports were canceled, so parents weren't driving uh, down the road thinking, oh, there's an easy dinner. Um, and the governor told everybody to stay home. We didn't listen. Um, but, uh, but it was. It was a great day. Uh, and thank you for everybody who uh, came out. Uh, our next barbecue is coming up the first Wednesday in August. Um, so uh, get that on your calendars. And uh, I'm sure I don't. Bruce isn't on Zoom this morning, but I know he would appreciate me saying sign up now to volunteer. Um, please remember, this is our last Sunday starting at 10 o'clock. Next week, we move back an hour to 9. Uh, summer has started, and we are uh, in an attempt to beat the heat of the summer. We will start our services earlier at 9 o'clock. Um, so be here at 9 next week. Um, yesterday... Our Presbyterian women met for a mission-minded breakfast at the Capital City Diner, uh, and this begins a collection of new and gently used books for Wizard's Wardrobe. There's a list uh, in the uh, announcements. Take a look at that, and if you have any questions, please speak to Betty. Um, VBS. VBS is coming up the last week of July, the 24th to the 27th. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, the registration for participants is open, but we're also looking for volunteers. Uh, please speak to me if you have interest in helping out for uh, all of the days or just a couple of the days, whatever your schedule can allow. Uh, boy, I think there's so much else going on, but um, take some time to look through the announcements. Um, and I will now turn it back over to Cindy. The
The gracious God we serve has done so much for us. It is only right for us to return a portion of what we have received. Let us offer our gifts and talents to God. pray. Good, Good and gracious God, God, just as you poured out the power of your Spirit on the day of Pentecost, pour out your power upon these gifts and the very lives that we offer to your purposes. Teach and inspire our young people to dream dreams and follow those dreams in serving you. 
We also lift up to you our offerings of food for the feeding of those in our community. May these offerings nurture and nourish those who are vulnerable and in need. May all that we offer in your name bring about a vision of your gracious and sovereign realm of love. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. are we that we got to hear the choir not once but twice this morning? Amen. They, like all the kids in school, also get a summer vacation. <laughs> so they are, uh, the choir is on break until September, which means that we are looking for summer special music. If you have a special musical gift, or if you know of someone who has a special musical gift and want to twist their arm a little bit, um, or if you have a grandkid um, or a niece or nephew who has a musical gift, Carol can make anybody sound like gold. Um, so um, please consider uh, signing up and sharing uh, your gifts with, uh, with us this summer uh, in our summer worship. Um, it's all wonderful. It's all a joyful noise. Um, what prayer concerns and joys do we have to lift up this morning? I want to start with yesterday, uh, a few of us uh, gathered with Jack Hayfley uh, over at Van Rensselaer Manor where he uh, lives uh, for a celebration of his 95th birthday. Uh, it was a wonderful time uh, meeting some of his family and celebrating Jack, uh, and any time you can have cake at 10.30 in the morning, it's a good day. Um, but we extend that very special happy birthday to Jack. Uh, he wishes that he could be here with us to celebrate on a Sunday morning. It's just so too difficult for him to get out, um, but uh, it was a joy. Others, Shannon. Wonderful, Shannon. Congratulations. So your internship will begin in September. Um, so, oh, we're so excited for you. That's wonderful news. Others, Hannah. Uh, I want to look for a healing for a friendly co-worker, Robert, who injured his collarbone. Ooh, we pray for uh, Hannah's uh, co-worker, Robert, uh, who injured his collarbone. Pray for him. Marianne. Thank you for lifting that up, uh, Marianne. Uh, yes, this is Pride Month, and uh, we celebrate uh, our LGBTQIA plus um, brothers and sisters and siblings, um, and uh, just pray that uh, that they are able to celebrate. And uh, we pray for a world where they are safe and where uh, love is celebrated. We also lift up Reem, uh, your sister-in-law, whose chemo has been upped, and she's having a difficult time tolerating that. Chandra. Um, as we head into unprecedented political times, pray that the voices for peace and reason are louder than the voices for war and destruction. Amen. Um, I feel like the word unprecedented uh, is precedented, precedented now. 
Um, but yes, as we move into a difficult season uh, in our nation, we pray for those voices of peace and reason. Kathy. We continue to pray for uh, Kathy's friend, Deb, um, who had to have a kidney removed because of an infection, and that infection has spread to her blood. Um, we, we pray for her comfort uh, and for all of those who know her and love her, and may God's peace surround her in this time. Pastor, how is Danielle? Thank you for asking. Uh, Danielle is doing great. Uh, she's uh, she got the cl all clear to drive, um, so yeah, she is uh, she's very glad about that, <laughs> uh, as you can imagine. Um, she's doing very very well. Um, she uh, and because of her uh, ability now to drive, she's said uh, the meal train is all good. She does. If she uh, finds that she backslides and needs some of that help, she will let us know. Uh, but she, uh, we thank God for, uh, for the healing working in her. Any others? Fern. pray for him, and uh, we pray for you in that difficult situation, Fern. Are there others? Anne. Carolyn Sarbello had a repair job done on her eye this week on Thursday, and she heard a reaction as she was asleep, which was great, and when she went back to the bottom line, doctor, she to sing happy birthday to you? He says, not necessarily. We will respect that, uh, but we'll get you later. <laughs> but happy birthday. I hope you celebrate well. Um, and we do pray for Carolyn um, uh, and, uh, and that her medical uh, issues are able to be resolved soon. I see that she's on, uh, on Zoom this morning. So Carolyn, we wish you well. Darlene. I would like to ask for prayers, please, for my sister and her husband. His name is Richard. Um, he's a single amputee from years ago, circulation problems, and now the other leg. He's had some toes amputated this week, so we're hoping it doesn't progress to what it did before. I just need prayers, lots of life changes. You're managing, but We pray for Richard uh, and your sister uh, in, as they adjust to these uh, these changes. Uh, Shannon.
we celebrate your daughter um, and uh, and her job, but also uh, our deacons who are everywhere and they're watching. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, friends, let us. Uh, oh, I got a couple on uh, the Zoom message. Um, oh. Joy that um, from uh, Debbie Wagner that Jackson Timothy Gabriel turns three this Friday. Um, it is not approved by his great aunt Debbie, um, but we wish him a happy birthday. And Elena reminds reminds me Juma got a job for the summer, um, and I for one am very glad for that. <laughs> Um, but she will be working uh, as a CIT uh, and grounds crew over at Maple Ski Ridge in Schenectady. And uh, she's nervous, but she is excited, and we are too for her. Um, so this is, this is a wonderful step. <laughs> Friends, let us turn our hearts and minds toward God in prayer. Covenant-making God, you meet us where we are and call us forth to follow you. We give you thanks for the beauty of the earth. As summer comes, we thank you for the lengthening of days, the warming of waters, the excitement of children ready for a break. Help us to enjoy your creation, and from that place of joy to be faithful stewards of the planet that sustains us. We give you thanks for the loving community we find here in Christ Church. Strengthen us, teach us, and empower us to faithful service in the world. So that our love may mirror your love and our mercy, your mercy. We praise you, O God, for your sovereign care for your people. Before you, nations rise, fall, and wither like grass. Guide the leaders of nations, states, cities, and towns in the ways of your justice, compassion, and mercy. May all who hold positions of authority seek your will, and in so doing, tend to the welfare of all people. We rejoice this morning with those who rejoice, even as we know that the morning does not bring joy for all your people. We pray for your people living through war, violence, and oppression. We pray for the hungry and the homeless, the sick, injured, and grieving, those who feel lonely or afraid. We pray for immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers, and all people on the move. We pray for your children who identify as LGBTQIA, that they would feel love, affirmation, and support. God, we lift up to you all of the many prayer concerns and joys that we lifted up this morning, those that were spoken aloud and those that remain in the quiet of our own hearts. You know all. You see all, you hold all. Your presence extends to the ends of the earth. As Jesus reached out and touched the people who came to him for healing, may we also reach out. Our hands as your hands, our feet as your feet. Give us the grace to love and serve, to seek and listen to pray and persist in righteousness and mercy. This we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Friends, let us rise in body or remain upright in spirit to sing our final hymn, number 372, Oh for a World. Christ calls you to bless. Strengthen the faith of the hopeless and despairing. Go with God's blessings, those blessings that remind you of who you are and whose you are. Amen. <laughs>